All right, if you in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13, verse uh, 13 and 14, this is a passage of scripture that if you've been a Christian for any amount of time or in church any amount of time, you've heard this scripture, you've heard it said, probably preached. And so I, I want to read this scripture and I want to dig in a little bit deeper to this, these couple of verses tonight. And maybe you're new, maybe it's the first time at Family Life. By the way, I want to welcome you. If you're our guest, I want to welcome you. And maybe you've never really heard this scripture. And, and so I want to unpack Matthew 5, 13 and 14. And this is the words of Jesus. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this time in your word, which you've already done through worship. Father, I just ask as I uh, present your word that you help me, Holy Spirit, to clearly and accurately uh, unfold it. And I just ask that you help us to receive it and give us the grace to most importantly apply it to our everyday life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So again, I, I want to look at Jesus' teaching of being salt and light. Uh, I want to I wanna dig into the scripture a little bit more and see exactly what he was talking about. Uh, actually just today, matter of fact, just today I was talking to a young lady on the phone, um, earlier and, uh, she's just getting on track with the Lord, just getting her life back on track with the Lord. And, um, I was actually inviting her, talking to her about the, the, the exhale conference this weekend. And she was telling me that she was coming on Saturday because she had, you know, something to do. And she was saying that part of her work, she's around, uh, you know, uh, it's around a lot of darkness. And she said, but hey, somebody has to be the light, right? And I said, yes, you're absolutely right. So we know that most of us know, hey, Jesus has called us to be the salt and the light. But let, let's look at that. And and as, as I had that conversation today, what what does that mean? The Beatitudes, because this was scripture that came out of the Beatitudes, describes the essential character of Kingdom citizens and the metaphors of salt and light indicate our influences as citizens of the kingdom of God as we penetrate secular society. And I believe that this, this, this message, this scripture, this verse is timely. I think it's needed more than ever in, 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 in our nation and our society with all the division, the bickering, the hatred, and the sin that is running rampant in our nation and all over our world. Isn't that right? I think if there's ever a time to be salt and light, and that's why I felt like I needed to speak on this tonight, it's now. Uh, we were talking about this, a couple of ladies on staff, we were eating lunch, I think just yesterday uh, at the table upstairs in the office and just talking about just if we look at just the sheer negativity that goes on across just the news, let's just stop there. Just just watching the news, and listen, I I and and, and I, I might step on some toes here, but you know, even as I was talking to some of the ladies, I'm telling you, from it don't matter which side of the aisle you're on, whether you're you're watching uh you're watching CNN or you're watching Fox News, and honestly, even when I turn on Christian radio that's talking politics, it's negative. It's negative. And again, I don't, I don't, if you listen to Christian radio and you like politics and keep up with that, uh, you know, listen, I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying there's always this negativity and this division and this bickering that goes on about politics in our nation. Are y'all living in the same country and watch the same news and listen to? So I, I feel like even in this, but especially, and I, look, I'm not, again, I'm not picking on these guys or whatever. And I think, by the way, side note, I believe Christians do need to be involved in politics. I vote. I think we need to pray. We need to be influential in those places. No doubt about it. But especially when it comes to those that don't have the light, don't know the Lord. If there's ever been a time for us to penetrate darkness and to be light and salt, it would be now. Right? 
So let's look at this. Let's, let's, let's look at what Jesus uh, compares salt to. He compares our function on the earth to that of salt. His meaning becomes clear when we consider the most familiar use of salt in relation to food. Of course, we know salt gives flavor. We definitely know that here in South Louisiana, right? And then salt's not even enough. You put a little Tony's or Camp Dog or whatever your favorite Cajun seasoning is, right? Or just a little bit of butter. You ever watch these cooking shows? You know, I'm an outdoorsman, so I like watching these outdoor shows, and they usually cook up with, you know, they catch or kill, whatever. And they're like, we're going to put a little bit of butter. And they put a whole stick of butter in that thing. My wife's like, a little bit of butter. Matter of fact, my girls was at some friend's house the other day, and the uh, our friends, uh, the the husband of the couple, she said he went outside to like I think it was outside the fridge or something. They just they have a smaller house that they just moved into, and she said he walked back in the house with two whole sticks of butter, and he was kind of like giggling. I was like, did he put both of them in the pan? She's like, I think he did. You know, so we know all about flavor in South Louisiana, right? So we can understand, but specifically, you know, salt was for flavor, and that food that doesn't taste good becomes tasty, of course, when you add salt to it, right? So as Christians, our function is to give flavor to the earth. Now, follow me here. The one who enjoys the flavor is actually the Lord. See, our presence makes the earth acceptable to God. Without us, there would be nothing to make the earth acceptable to the Lord. But because we're here, God continues to deal with the earth in grace and mercy rather than in wrath and judgment. You ever thought about that? Salt makes food taste good. As Christians, he says, be the salt of the earth. We make the earth taste good to the Lord. Where do I get that from? I'm glad you asked. There's both in the Old and the New Testament, we see this. Look at this. This principle is illustrated in the account of Abraham's intercession on behalf of Sodom. In Genesis chapter 18, the Lord told Abraham he was on his way to Sodom to see if its wickedness had come to a point that his judgment could no longer be withheld. Look at what Abraham asked the Lord. In Genesis 18.23, And Abraham came near and said, would you also destroy the righteous for the wicked? A lot of us are familiar with this scripture. He starts out with asking God, if there were only 50 righteous, would you still destroy it? He went from 50 to 40, 30, 20, all the way down to 10. And he said, if there was only 10 people left, would you still destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? And the Lord's response was no. If there was at least 10 people in there, I wouldn't destroy. He says that Genesis 18, 32, the Lord said, then for the sake of the 10, I will not destroy. One scholar estimates that there were at least 10,000 people living in Sodom at that time. So 10 righteous could have saved 10,000 from judgment. That's a ratio of 1 to 1,000. Think about that. If the estimated population in Sodom at the time was 10,000, it was a ratio of 1 could have spared 1,000. So it's easy to extend that ratio indefinitely, right? If you think about the ratio of maybe Christians to, to, to non-believers in, in our city, in our nation, the earth. So I, I don't know what the number would be today, but I believe it's possible that the way that believers function as salt may be preserving our nation and even our earth right now. And I believe it is. And here's why. If you think, well, Brandon, that's an Old Testament thing. That was, we're not under, you hear people talk about, you know, we're under the, the dispensation of grace. We're not under wrath anymore. And, and I get that. But think about this thought. When the church gets raptured and will be removed from the scene is when God's full judgment is going to come down amongst the earth. So it's a New Testament principle as well. If you think about it, as salt, we're preserving the earth. We're, we're preserving, we're making the, the earth palatable. Because if you think about it, the earth wasn't palatable in the days of Noah either. And what did God do, right? He wiped out the earth. But then he said, I'll never do that again. Gave us a rainbow as a covenant, right? And so now as believers, 
as salt, we are supposed to act as the salt that preserves the earth and other people, which ties into what's going to lead into a minute into light. Because if we're preserving people, we're giving people time to receive Christ. And so, and to preserve, and it's his kindness that leads to the repentance, the Bible says. Also that he's patient and long-suffering these things. So, as you see, that's really the function. Salt and light, sometimes people think it's the same thing, but it's really not. That's the two different, that's the first function. Salt, again, remember, we're preserving. When we're taken out of here, God's full wrath is going to come upon. And the ten people, at least there had to be, at least what we know, you know, um, through uh, the, the couple of people that were in Sodom. So how, let me ask this question. How does salt lose its flavor? Matthew five thirteen. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Jesus makes a reference to salt also in Luke chapter 14. And here's where we find our answer how salt loses uh, its flavor. Look at Luke 14, 35 and, and, and 34 and 35. Jesus said, salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown away. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. Now, the answer comes because he had just finished teaching on the cost of being a disciple. Right before this in Luke 14, Jesus just finished teaching on what was the cost. If you want to be my disciple, this is what you must do. And he, he mentioned or he said, pick up your cross, deny yourself, give up your life. Don't put anything before me. Those are the things that he was teaching. Then he says, uh, talks about salt losing its flavor. So Jesus is saying you lose your flavor when you aren't willing to give up your life fully, fully surrender and follow him, or you become a lukewarm and half-hearted Christian. That's how you, that's how you lose your flavor. So he's saying that this kind of salt is not even fit for the manure pile. When salt is salty, it helped back then even manure become good fertilizer. That's what he was saying. That you not only was it seasoned food, it would preserve food back then as well in biblical times because they didn't have freezers. So they would use salt to preserve food and but they would also use it, they would throw it on manure and it would become good fertilizer. You know, I'm looking at Miss Inez here. She has a garden. Every Cassie's grandmother, she she gardens every year. Matter of fact, Cassie and my girls are helping her in the garden the other day, right? And 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 that's that's good fertilizer, right? And so you can go from helping people from judge, keeping them from judgment to not even being useful for manure. Now, okay, I didn't say that Jesus did, okay? So to, I know I see people looking at me cockeyed right here, you know? But that's the words of the Lord, right? He said, it, it's not when we lose our salt, when we lose our fire, when we lose our passion, or just, let me say it this way, our full-on loyalty and commitment to the Lord is when we lose our flavor. See, there, there's, there's no, Jesus said, if you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Like Pastor Tato says, I know this is tight, but it's right. These are the words of Jesus. So that's how you lose your flavor. It's not by messing up, by sinning. Of course, we want to strive to live holy lives by the spirit and the power of God, the grace of God. We all going to mess up, right? I, I've been walking my, my son through something that I, I'm letting him know, hey, listen, we're not going to be perfect. None of us. If I would be perfect, I would never step on this stage to preach ever, right? And I told him that. I said, hey, you know me. And he kind of chuckled because I was like, you, you've seen weeks before I got up there to preach. You, you know, I, if, if I was perfect, I wouldn't get up there. Yeah, he kind of chuckled. It's not about messing up, you know, especially having a right heart. The Bible says we, we're going to be, we're going to fall. Things are going to happen, you know, but it's about where's your loyalty? Where does your loyalty lie with the Lord? 
Are you fully sold out? Are you fully surrendered? Are you fully, you know, Lord, I, I'm, I'm totally in 100% with you. But if your heart has gotten hard, if you become lukewarm, if you haven't fully laid down your life, Jesus said, that's how it loses itself. Now, I have a question. You know, again, have you lost your flavor? Because notice Jesus said that the salt loses its flavor, meaning that it was once salty. So he's talking about people that have become born again, have given their lives to him, have surrendered, has, have laid their, their, who they are, their desires, and all of these sins, sins, whatever, whatever it might be. But then they lose their flavor. Maybe at one time you were fully sold out, but not your, now you're not. I want you to just examine your heart here for a minute. Do some self-evaluation. Where am I at? And I get, man, we, we get rocked. We go through some, some things that we don't expect. We get, man, we, we, you know, you get side licks, so to speak, in life. Things happen, things that you don't prepare for, things that you don't see coming, you know. And so sometimes it's that, sometimes it's a choice where we drift away from the Lord. Because I believe this, you don't lose your flavor overnight. You don't lose flavor overnight. You, you don't, it, it, think about when any food goes bad and it spoils, typically food does not spoil overnight, right? It takes a while to go bad. It's little by little. Maybe you left it out of the fridge too long. Maybe you left it in the heat. You know, maybe you didn't close the container good enough, right? And when something like that happened, when there's something that was done halfway, eventually it'll lose its flavor or its goodness. So it's the same with us. We, we drift away. Nobody just, when we say, man, we stumbled and fell. Yeah, I, I get that. But technically nobody does, you know, just stumbles into some huge sin because, you know, it's choices that we make every day. But again, you know, it doesn't, I'm not really focusing on sin. I'm talking about really where your heart's at. Where's your loyalty? Where's your focus at? If, if, if it's not on the Lord, I just want you to, I want to encourage you tonight to, to, to ask the Lord to forgive you and to get back right with the Lord to, 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 uh, re, rekindle that, that fire, that flame. And I guess in essence, what we're talking about tonight, that flavor to be light. To be salt and then to be light. So let's transition into talk about light. So as salt, we are the we are the reason the earth uh, is still uh, we're pres- helping preserves lives on the earth. So uh, why are we doing that? I mentioned this earlier. The reason that we're helping preserve the earth is so we can be a light to people. So again, these are two different things. It's not just one and the same. We're salt. To help preserve the earth, to give more people time to come to the Lord. But in order to do that, we have to be light to them. So let's look at more in depth of what Jesus is teaching on being light. Matthew 5, 14 and 16, it says, You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Jesus did say, let your light shine, but we know we are not the source of the light, right? He is. We don't have, we're not the source of the light. He is. When speaking about Jesus, look, John said this, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So, of course, he says, let your light shine, but we're not the original source of light. He is, right? Just like the moon. Everybody, I'm sure most of you, everybody knows that the moon gives off light, but the moon doesn't have any source of light in itself, correct? What, the moon reflects the sun's light, correct? On uh, to what we see. We're the same way. He says, let your light shine. We have a light, but we're not the source. We're reflecting the light that Jesus has in us to others. Correct? So we need to understand that. 
Let's look at numbers now. I want to, this is interesting. I always love, I just read through this scripture again, uh, in my, in my daily, uh, devotion time. I'm reading through numbers right now. And I love this. Every time I read about the lamp in the tabernacle, numbers eight, one through four says this. The Lord said to Moses, give Aaron the following instructions. When you set up the seven lamps in the lampstand, place them so their light shines forward in front of the lampstand. So Aaron did this. He set up the seven lamps so they reflected their light forward just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The entire lampstand from his base to his decorative blossoms were made of beaten gold. It was built according to the exact design the Lord had shown Moses. So in verse 3, excuse me, it says Aaron set up the lamp so they reflected their light forward. And that's just an Old Testament picture of what Jesus said later, right? Let your light shine. Let your, don't, don't let your light shine randomly. Let it shine forward, right? Moving forward, having a plan, having a purpose, right? Find your purpose. The purpose is to directly be, to shine your light. It's not a random thing. It should be a focus, almost like a laser light, so to speak, right? Let your light shine focus. So how do you let your light shine? Matthew 5, 16, it says, in the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So number one, we let our light shine by Doing good to others. Number eight, three, he set up the lamp so they reflected their light forward. Listen, again, shining forward, moving forward, doing something, producing something. Your light shining is, is when, when a light, these lights are shining right in my face right now, literally right in my eyes. As I looked at them, I partially went blind there for a second, okay? These lights are, are they're, they're shining for a purpose. It's not just random, right? These lights are shining down on me. The lights are shining on you so you can see, right? They're, they have a direct purpose and focus. So the, the, this light is illuminating this building. And there's lights that are shining directly on different parts of this room right now, right? So you say, yeah, brother, I just let my light shine. Well, what is your light producing? Do you see your light making a difference around people? When, when you turn the light on, the darkness goes away. The atmosphere changes when light shines in a dark place. So when we're, our lights are shining, there should be something different happening around us. And the people we're shining our light forward to, there should be something happening. And listen, sometimes it's slow. I know sometimes, you know, you can't plan for that. Sunday in the Next Steps class, me and Pastor Dixie, I mean, I'm, I'm sharing my story and, 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 and someone starts crying in the class. So afterwards, I go sit down and follow up with her. I'm talking to her and I'm praying with her. I hear Pastor Dixie praying with this couple and it's just, man, it's, you know, we didn't plan that. You go through next steps, usually you teach the, the material, you greet, meet people, and you make them go through a process. It doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes just, I don't feel no more spiritual than the man in the moon. I'm going through the material. I've taught it a hundred times. And we, hey, good job. We'll see you next Sunday. We'll take a good nap. See you later, you know? And I'm looking forward to going to take a nap after church on Sunday, right? But that day, man, something changed in the room. And it don't always happen that way. So I don't want to discourage you like, man, nothing's changing around me. But there should be something. As I was talking about uh, Stephanie's dad, he's making progress. It's not much, but he's making some progress. So something should happen around you. Something should be changing when your light is shining. Listen, this is serving people, helping people, reaching out to people, caring for people, loving people, you know, taking people in. And not just those you like, by the way. Letting your light shine. Listen, this is hard for me too, okay? So letting your light shine and doing all these things, serving, helping, reaching out, caring. It's not just the people that we like. It's to everybody that's in darkness. You know, 
most people that you don't like, that irritate you, that aggravate you, it's because they have some form of darkness in their life. Whether it's a, it's a, it's a wound, it's a traumatic experience, they've been abused, that's maybe the only way that they've been treated, they know how to treat others. And so remember that. I love the scripture where Jesus says, judge beneath, or look beneath the surface so you can judge rightly. Or judge accurately. That's in the New Living Translation. I love that. So many times we look at people on the surface and we get frustrated with them. We're impatient with them. But if you stop and say, man, why is this person acting this way? What's fueling this? Now, I'm not condoning the behavior. I'm not saying if somebody, you know, hurts you, walks up to you. I'm not saying that you have to condone the behavior. But just so we, we're not in a, an aspect of like, well, I'm not reaching that brother. Somebody else is going to have to talk to him. Somebody else, you know. There's something going on with them. So the, their darkness is, is, is fueling whatever's going on. So even people don't like, listen, we, we got to let our light shine. And I was, I was reminded of, of, of a, a precious lady that was in our church that's with Jesus now. And you, cause you, cause th- there's times we think, well, man, I'm going through something right now, or I have this disability, this, I'm, I'm not physically able, I have a lot of stuff going on. And there's seasons where it is hard, but you know, you can be a light in wherever season you're at. And there's two ladies I want to th- I want to mention about that, and they're both actually with the Lord now. One was, if you remember, uh, uh, Karen Prejean. She was she was a, a dear sister in the Lord here, and she had ALS. She could not move any part of her body. She would come to church in a wheelchair, and she had a screen. If you're familiar with ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, um, she couldn't move any other part of her body except for her eyes. She could smile. She can blink. So for uh, for Lou Gehrig's disease, what they what they do is they they have these computer screens uh, that tracks your, their eyes. So she would literally type with her eyes. The computer would see where she was looking, and that's how she was able to type, and that's how she would talk and communicate. But she was also on Facebook. She would also, we would email her. Listen to this, guys. This would, some of y'all, if you didn't, never heard this, this blows my mind. She would want, and if we wouldn't send them every week, we would send her, like, I got a prayer request about, about Don. And every Sunday and every Wednesday, we get prayer requests either on the box or submitted online. And she would want all our prayer requests. We would email Karen our prayer requests, and she would pray over all the prayer requests from my church. This lady can't even move. But she loved the Lord so much. She was being, she would get on Facebook and share scripture and an encouraging word. And, and she, she has ALS. She can't even, I mean, it, it would blow me away. And when she couldn't come anymore, I'd, I'd go and spend time with her, I'd, I'd take communion. And she was always, you know, just worshiping in the Lord and, and just being thankful for the Lord. And we'd pray together and whatnot. But man, she was being a light in, in the darkest days of her life where she couldn't even move, you know, where she was at. She didn't let that hinder her from being a light. And, of course, my mom was the same way. I couldn't I couldn't talk about this without talking about my mom. You know, my mom, even when she was sick and had cancer and was hurting, I mean, she was on staff here for 10 years. Even she would, when she after she retired, she was still counseling many ladies, probably some ladies sitting in this room that you sat with my mom and counseled with her. But even when she was struggling, having a hard time, ladies were going to her house to get counseling from her even over there. She was still being a light as she was struggling with cancer and going through chemo treatments. And at one time, having a hard time even walking, and she was still being a light to others. So when I think of these two ladies, it tells me we all going to go through hard times, but we can still shine a light somewhere, right? By doing good deeds. James 2.18, I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. James 2.20, can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? I know this is talking about faith as the context, but faith 
is in the light, so it applies here. So people can't see your light unless you show them, right? Number two, not only should we show them, but we should tell people about the light. John 1.18, John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. You know, you can do this in your everyday life. Now, again, it, it's showing people first. That's why I put that first. You have to show people first. Brother Francis, again, you know, honoring Brother Francis, he went to be with the Lord in January. I love this. I shared with y'all of you in here that I was I was honored for, I don't know, months on end, maybe about six months or so, I was able to go sit with Brother Francis on his front porch and just glean his wisdom. And uh, when he talked about evangelism and he talked about sharing Christ with others, he said, um, don't tell people that you're a Christian. He would say, make them guess. He said, because if they can't guess, there's no use telling them anyway. That's a lot of wisdom in that, right? He said, if they can't guess, if they can't figure that you're a Christian without you telling them, there's no use you telling them. So first of all, we have to show. But if people understand and begin to ask you, man, you must be a Christian. You must, you know, or sometimes people just say, Man, you must go to church, huh? You know, like, you ever had somebody ask you that? Like, you know, they can't, you know, just, you know, separate a relationship with the Lord in church. They ask you those kind of questions. Then you begin to tell them about the Lord. You begin to tell them about the light, the light of the world. You know, so we need to do that every day individually, but there's also ways we can do that. So in your own area, work, you know, your hobbies, school, whatever the place, your neighborhood, whatever the case may be. When we have serve day every year in July, it's coming up again, our, our, our church-wide serve day. The last couple of years, we've had over 400 people go out and serve the community. Those times where you can, you know, love on people. You know, we, we do this individual, but there's also ways that we do that together. And one of the ways uh, is our mission trip coming up to Cuba. And by the way, if you want to come to Cuba, it, Sunday's the last day to put your deposit in. It's a $200 deposit to put down so we can start getting our, our groups together, the number of people that's coming so we can look at plane tickets and visas and all of that. But that's one of the ways we do that. When we go to Cuba in July, that's what we're going to be doing. It's an evangelistic trip. We're going to be going around knocking on people's doors, meeting people, loving on people, sharing the, the gospel, loving, showing them, but also telling them about the Lord Jesus Christ through street ministry, door-to-door evangelism, and then big outreaches at night. And then not only by telling people directly, but we always say, hey, listen, invite people to where the light's at. If, you, if you're not comfortable with just sharing, hey, listen, we this Excel conference this weekend, ladies... And even gentlemen, you have, you know, your spouse, sisters, moms, coworkers, whoever. Hey, listen, any event we do here at Family Life, we're thinking evangelistically as well. Yes, we want it to be a great event for the church, but we're always thinking, listen, there's going to be a lot of light in this room Friday night and Saturday. And even outside, eating crawfish, getting all messy, right? There's going to be a lot of light. So listen, this is an evangelistic opportunity to reach people, to invite them. Hey, some ladies might not want to come to church, but like, hey, you want to come to a conference? We're going to have ball crawfish. We're going to have door prizes. Who don't like getting free stuff, right? That's why our men's wild game cookout is so successful every year because these guys know they're going to get some good wild game and a chance to win all kind of good door prizes for the outdoors. And every year, this place is packed out with men. And it's, it's a great evangelistic event, but we preach the gospel. Men get saved every single year. Ladies, you have that opportunity this weekend. Invite people to church. Invite them to life groups. Listen, guys, Easter's right around the corner next month. 
Some people only go to church for Easter and for Christmas. They call them the, uh, what is it, the lily and the poinsettia crowd, right? That they only come those two times a year. Listen, so people are open at that time of year to, hey, yeah, I'm going to go to Easter. I'm going to go check it out, you know, invite them. That's a great way to tell people about the light. I used to tell when I was a youth pastor, I'd always tell our students, hey, listen, if you're, if you're not comfortable with sharing the gospel with people, invite them to church and I'll preach the gospel to them. We can work together. I like how one pastor says it. Listen, there's something that you can do that I can't do. There's people you know that I'll never meet. But there's something I might be able to do that you can't. Maybe you're not comfortable with that or whatnot. So listen, we can work together to share the light. Amen? To spread the light. So the third and final thing, and this is on a personal note, and this really could be at the beginning. But in order to pure, have pure light shining forth to be effective in being sought and light, the third and final thing is you have to refuse to allow darkness in your life. You have to refuse to allow darkness in your own life. Look at Ephesians 5, 8, 9. It says, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Right? So we, one of the main ways that we do this is by letting the Lord make and mold us and, and, and form us just like that lampstand that we read about in Numbers. That's why I love that picture. It's a great picture. Not only about the light shining forth, but let's go back to Numbers 8.4. It says the entire lampstand from its base to its decorative blossoms were made of beaten gold. Now, I know it's not a good picture of like, I'm saying, hey, let the Lord beat you up, right? That's only Kenetra got that. I, that's what it's saying, basically. It's saying, let the Lord work on you, right? Kenetra, you, okay, you feeling me at least, right? We got to allow the Lord to work on us. You know, one of the prayers I pray often is, Lord, break me and make me into the man you've called me and created me to be. And that's, I know it's a scary prayer to pray, like, Lord, I don't want the Lord to break me, man. It sounds like it's going to hurt. It does. It does hurt. You know what? It takes, it takes fire and work and sweat to, to form metal and to form gold. And we know that 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 gold is is purified through fire, right? Through the fire. But I love that. It says that the the, the decorative blossoms, this is a beautiful landscape, but it was made of, of beaten gold. The best thing that we can do is to allow the Lord to work on us, to make us and to mold us into his image. Um, man, I, I just read this the other day. I didn't write it down, but I thought about it. It was so good. It was simple. Um, but it said, let the word of God by the spirit of God make you into the uh, to look like the son of God or to be like the son of God. I think it would do. And that's great. The, the, the Holy Spirit through the word of God helps us and makes us and motives to be just like Jesus, right? That's what a Christian means, right? To be a Christian is to be Christ-like. But in order to do that, we got to be willing to be like that lampstand, to shine our light forth, to be willing to be used uh, and to made, you know, to be broken and, and, and made and molded into his image. Paul says it this way, the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 2, 20 and 21. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Listen, church, we need to keep our lives pure without allowing darkness in. And I get that it's getting increasingly harder to do that with the access we have with, with devices and the media, social media, just temptation. I, I get it. But Jesus said you always have temptation. He also said that there's no temptation that, that will overcome you. If when we're tempted, he will show us the way out. 
And so listen, we got to make it a point by the Spirit of God and ask him to make sure that we don't have darkness. I love in, in another place where Jesus said, let there be no dark corners in your life. Some people are good at keeping big darkness out, but there's maybe a dark corner somewhere. We got we to gotta make sure, we got to constantly go before the Lord, have accountability that we keep our hearts free of darkness. I don't want to be a cheap lamb, right? You, you can go to like, you know, Goodwill and get you a little cheap lamp or, you know, the dollar store. I don't know. I don't know if they sell lamps at the dollar store, but, you know, but this is like a, they do, <laughs> Hannah's like they do. They sell them over there. So, and so thank you, Hannah. I appreciate that. So now, and I'm not against that looking. I, I'm all about, I, I brag about getting $10 shoes that are on sale. I'm all, y'all know Clarence? Clarence is one of my best friends. Y'all know Clarence? When I go to the store, Clarence is the first person I'm looking for. And I, 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 I go to him all the time. When I get $85 shoes for 10 bucks, I, I, I thank my man Clarence, okay? So listen, I'm not against, you know, that stuff. But listen, when it comes to our life, when it comes to being used by the Lord, he said there's, there's different kind of utensils. Some is common. And in the context of what he was saying here, he said some are used, really, if you look at that scripture, he was saying there's some utensils are made for like trash cans to just throw trash in. And then other utensils are made as like fine china. When you have your guests over, that's what you present to them. What he's saying is if you keep your heart clean of darkness and you stay pure, you'll be ready. So whenever the Lord wants to use you, you'll be ready to what? Be salt and to be light. Y'all tracking with me? Listen, I know we've all done it. We've all sang it and we might still sing it. And, and you know, as kids or our children might sing it, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Listen, man, I don't want a little bit of light to shine. I believe we all got big light in us, right? And we want to let that shine. Amen. Why don't you stand up with me as, as we close? Read one more verse as we stand up. We talk about being salt and light. Again, I hope you understand now there's a distinct difference. A lot of people run those two together. But remember, salt is for taste. We're preserving the earth and people so we can be light to them. John 12, 36, Jesus said, put your trust in the light while there is still time. Then you will become children of the light. After saying these things, Jesus went away and was hidden from them. You know, maybe you don't have light right now to shine because you're not a child of God. Maybe you haven't put your trust in the Lord. Again, he says, you know, to tr put your trust in the light, you have to become children of light. So as I'm talking about salt and light, in order to do that, you first have to be a child of the light. You have to have put your trust in the Lord uh, for, for the, your eternity, for this life. You know, all of us, the Bible says, have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. The Bible makes it clear that, that Jesus paid the ultimate price to pay for our sins. Why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you bow your head and close your eyes? And, and I never like to close a service and when I speak to anybody without giving people an opportunity to become a child of God. Because that's another misconception, church. Some people say we're all children of God. That's not biblically accurate. We're all God's creation, but the Bible makes it clear we're not all children of God until we give our life to Christ. Because he said they have some that's children of light and some that are children of the dark. We have to, in order to be children of light, you have to ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life and where we started to make you, to ask him to, to be your Lord and your Savior. If you were to, if, if tonight would be your last night on here on the earth or tomorrow, where would you spend eternity? The Bible says we're going to spend eternity somewhere. 
It's either going to be heaven or hell. Heaven in glory or eternity separated from the Lord. If you can stand here tonight and say, Brandon, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm ready for eternity. I don't know if I have the light in me. Sometimes it seems like there's more darkness and and I, I don't know if I'm right with God. If that's you, nobody's looking around. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you say, Brandon, I need to get right with God. I want to be a child of God. I want to make sure I'm prepared when I breathe my last here to cross over to the other side. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. I already see a hand up. Ma'am, I see your hand in the back over there. Anybody else? He said, man, I want to get right with God. Thank you all, ladies, for being brave. Anybody else? Say, man, I, I need it. I, I want to be a child of the light. I need to get right. All right, for these ladies, come on. We're, those, those of you that lifted your hands, we're going to pray with you. Let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for dying for me. Lord, I receive the free gift of salvation. Lord, I know that I've sinned and I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. Lord, I make you my Lord and Savior. Give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. Help me, Lord, to be salt and light in everything I do and everywhere I go. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, why don't we give these a round of applause tonight. Congratulations. God bless you. Hey, listen, if you lifted your hand or you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's a card in the pew right in front of you. It says, I made a decision. Go ahead and fill out that card. It takes just about a minute or two. Bring it to the info center in the lobby. We want to give you a Bible. We have some some uh, things to help you to get started. And before you leave, we still we still got a few minutes here. We're still early. You know, maybe you've lost your flavor. We're going to pray one more time before we leave. Maybe you feel like, Brandon, man, I'm lukewarm. I, I, I'm not, I, I, I've drifted away. I haven't totally surrendered to the Lord or to his will. Or maybe there's some kind of darkness in your life. Maybe you say, man, I've allowed some darkness. I've allowed some impurity in my life. And maybe it's not major. Maybe it's something nobody knows about right now. And it's just a dark corner like Jesus talked about. Remember, the Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. Even if it's little, it's eventually going to come out. It's going to grow. Hey, let's deal with it tonight. You know, Jesus actually said this in Luke eleven thirty five. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. Or maybe you need some boldness to tell people about Jesus. For the, all, any one of these three, I want to pray for you. So I want you to just bow your head again. And if any one of these three, people won't know what you're talking about. If, you, if one of these three, you say, Brandon, I, I need to get right. I need to surrender. I got some dark corner. I just want some boldness. Nobody's looking around. I just want you to lift your hand. And I'm going to pray over all three of these things right now. Father, there's hands going up all over this room. And Lord, I don't know where everybody's at with these three areas. But I pray for those that feel like they're lukewarm, Lord, that have gone away from you. Are they not totally surrendered to you right now? Lord, I just ask that there would be a fresh brokenness and a fresh surrender that takes place, that they would get their flavor back, Lord God. I pray for those that have allowed darkness in their life. Lord God, I pray that you would help them as they repent right now. I just encourage you that you to repent. Ask the Lord to forgive you and give you the strength and, and that the light would, would, would just flood out the darkness. Lord, anybody that's dealing with this right now, Lord, any darkness in their life, Lord God, that has allowed sin or impurity, I pray cleanse them. And Lord God, let the light of, of, of the Lord flush out and drive out all darkness. And I pray, Lord, that everyone Lord, that has a desire to shine their light, to be bold, to both show and tell people about you, Lord Jesus, in the gospel, that you would fill us with a boldness. You said the righteous is as bold as a lion. So I pray that you would help them with that, Lord. I pray for everyone else that your spirit, blessing, and grace would be poured out upon them. Protect everyone.
everyone as they go tonight. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful evening. Ladies, this weekend, exhale. Buy you a ticket if you haven't. Invite someone to come out. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be down here. God bless.